Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Let's get things kicked off, tell you guys a little bit about what you're going to get today. We're going to talk about converting more cold calls to next steps. That's it. Super simple. Let me introduce the two experts in the room with me today. Molly McGelgan. I said it right. She is Director of Sales Development over at Tropic. Shout out to Tropic. Been on the show a couple of times. We appreciate you guys. And Wendy Harris. Uh, she is a business coach all around communication. She has Making Conversations Count, and that is going to be a focus of what we talk about today. Every conversation counts. Wendy is an expert at this. Go learn from these people. Don't worry. We got lots of cool stuff coming at you. Let's talk a little bit about what we are going to get. But before we do, scan this QR code, check us out, sellbetter.xyz. Learn more about how you can be part of this community, this thing that we are building. Go check out our YouTube channel, all of our great highlights from the show on YouTube. You can reach out there anytime. Big thanks to our Zoom info partner, longtime partner, maximize productivity, accelerate your pipeline. The revenue potential here is unlimited. Zoom info sales OS is here making an impact on pipelines all over the world. So we're dropping a link in the chat so that you can check that out and learn more about Zoom info. Here is what you are going to get a taste of today. Openers and transitions. We all need them. We're going to give you some good ones to use. Techniques, techniques, techniques. You're going to get lots of techniques to keep that prospect talking to you. And then tried and true stuff, stuff that these two experts have been doing a long time, teaching reps how to do for a long time that is yielding results. So buckle up and let's make the magic happen. Uh, Let's get started with something that I think all of us are a little bit passionate about. My filler word, if those of you that follow me, my filler word is all right. I say all right to transition. I say, all right, let's talk about, I say all right a lot. Put in the chat, what's your filler word if you know it? And what I want to start with is how people can leverage techniques to get over filler words. Wendy, you talk about this all the time and you said you have a couple of pet hates. So talk to me about filler words. Where do they come from? How do we overcome this? Gosh, now you've mentioned it, I'm really trying hard not to think of using some of those ums, ahs, and mm, let me think. Um, So, any sentence that starts with so. And it is to give you a pause and a break. And, you know, you may not even know that you're doing it. So, my, my real big tip there is record your calls, listen back, and you'll spot them. I know it's uncomfortable to hear yourself back. Right. You know, um, I, it's took me about 30 years to get comfortable with hearing myself back. But it really does help you identify those filler words and to stop using them. You know, let's let's try. Should we try, James? That's uh, a good idea. Let's try is something you talked about, and I think I'm guilty of this. Let's try and see is sort of how it unfolds out of my mouth every time. Let's try and see if it's a good fit. There's some doubt in there, and I think I do this often. I'm guilty of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, you know, it's a Yoda saying, isn't it? You know, my my business coach taught me this a long time ago. You know, um, if you can all see, I've got a hand and I've got a pen. Sorry about the lag. There's a storm in Scotland today. Um, try and pick the pen up. But of course you can't. You can pick the pen up or you can leave the pen where it is. So try has no room in anything that you do. It's a, it's actually an excuse to not get to where you need to want to get to. 
Yeah, there's an awareness part of that that I think we have to get to first. And Molly, when we talked about this, you said that was the first step, was being aware that we actually do this. Talk to me about ways you've overcome your own way, your own repetitive filler words that you say all the time and the way you teach your reps. Yeah, I think awareness is the number one key, right? Because if you don't know you're doing it, you can't change it. And it's a change that isn't easy. Like, there, I just said it. Like, um, even if you present all the time or you're working through things, if you're not aware of it, you need you can't fix it. So one is being aware of it. Two, I think, is creating some sort of like physical response for yourself so that you know when you're doing it. So one of my first managers ever, uh, I overspeak. I speak over people, um, or I used to, try not to anymore. And one of the ways that there's like two things that they gave me this piece of advice on. One is grabbing something. So whether it's like just your hands and if you hear yourself using a filler word or you hear yourself on the urge to do something, just like grab your hands. Sooner rather than later, the more you start to grab, you'll be aware of it. And then like Wendy said, when you're listening to calls, you can hear it because you're hyper aware of it because you're listening to it and then you can change it. The other thing is... Uh, depending upon like what your phone dialer is, like the mute button is a great tool that not enough people utilize, especially when the urge to use a filler word like so or let's or any of those when you're starting at your phrase or you're trying to jump in, it's because you're nervous and it's because you're trying to fill the void. So great thing to use is just the mute button. Um, so I'm guilty. I, I'm guilty of not leveraging my mute button and yeah. At, I, I, I would forget. I would jump in and say that it can be nerves, but often it can also be enthusiasm. Yeah. Too much enthusiasm. And don't be hard on yourself if you become aware of those filler words, because I've just admitted that I really just want to start using them more and more because we're talking about it and I'm conscious about it. Yeah. So it's likely to get way worse before it gets better. Totally. And this so, is where, sorry, Wendy, not interrupt you. Um, this is where those call recordings come in. We, you don't have to focus on every single piece of a call during a call. You can really focus on if you and a manager are, you know, you're aware that have all these filler words, that have all these filler words, hearing it, focusing just on the filler words, not in anything else is the first step. And then just being, giving yourself like grace. Not everyone, like, there it is. There's my filler word. Um, but <laughs> be well, kind to yourself because you're looking to do something yeah, to improve looking, than do nothing. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but cold calling doesn't come easy to everybody. I don't think a lot of people talk about that enough. It's not something you're born with, you're not naturally good at it. It is a skill. And just like any skill, it takes practice. Yeah. Yeah. Practice makes perfect. We were just talking about that before we yeah. kick this show off. Practice makes perfect. And we'll talk a little bit more about how we practice. I want to get into cold call flows. And we're going to use a very simple, basic flow for these examples that Molly and Wendy are going to give you. Uh, while we talk about this, I'm going to launch this question because I'm curious about what your own struggles might be. So feel free to take part in this question. But here's the flow we're going to use. We're going to use openers, and then we're going to use transitions for the value proposition and then transitions to the calls to action. Now, these two experts have 
great language that they use. It's very simple. It's not complicated. So let's start with Molly. Molly, what's the opener that you think people should use? Call attention to all the transitions and the way that you move through this flow. I love this. Yeah. Um, well, before the opener, I think it's really important to mention the pre-opener, I guess, which is like your state of mind and being calm. If you are, because 99% of the time, it's not always about what you say, it's how you say it. So if you come across calm, cool, collected, that person at the end of the line is going to hear you and feel that and you can have a conversation. Um, so one, making sure you're calm, making sure you're confident. And that just comes through like doing whatever you need to do to get ready to go. And then um, I think the opener is just like pretty simple, like addressing things in the room, knowing who you're calling and why you're calling them. It's also part of that pre-opener is if you're calling somebody and they, you don't know anything about them or you don't know anything about their company or you don't know why your product can help them, the opener or the rest, the transition, the ask, it's going to fall short because you didn't do your research ahead of time. So knowing like, like if I was going to call you, James, I would say like, oh, cool. Like, hey, James, Molly over at Tropic. How are you? Great. Awesome. Listen, um, you're busy. I can imagine. I actually wanted to reach out to you. I've been seeing your content on LinkedIn and I think it's really great the way that you engage with your audience. You have some great pieces of advice to give sellers at really any stage of their career. Curious, um, for you, like, how are you staying on top of all of your meetings? So if I was to, I don't know what, what product I'm selling, but how are you staying on top of your meetings? Cool. Great. Listen, um, we're actually working with a lot of sales enablement professionals right now to A, B, and C. So I think it's all about like, I think one of the things that I just tried to do, um, was come across calm, come across cool, come across like I actually know who you are and make you feel seen in those first, you know, 10, 15 seconds. Yeah, I like that you're calling attention to what I do now. I think there's a current aspect of that that leads itself to a great transition into that future state that everybody talks about. Everybody's familiar with gap selling. If you know about gap selling, let me know, put a one in the chat. Future state. We got to get people thinking about future state. If you don't know about gap selling, go pick up the book. Uh, great, great, great stories there. Great, great flows. Uh, but I like your tone as well. And that's something we'll talk about kind of a repeating theme throughout this is our tones. Wendy, when you gave an opener, it was a short opener. And I think sometimes we feel like our openers have to be super duper long. We have to get so much out. Sometimes I'll take a cold call and it's four minutes before this person takes a breath, you know? So tell people what your very simple cold call opener is. And I think you should all start using this right away if you haven't tried it with your ideal clients. Go ahead, Wendy. It's so super easy. It's four words. Can you help me? Who knew it? <laughs> I, right? And it, it's, it's simply because we all want to help. So if somebody asks me, I might not be able to help, but I'll do my best. So the psychology there is that I've disarmed them by, by asking them for help. Now, generally in cold calls, you, you know, unless you've got a mobile number, you're not always going to get straight through to the decision maker. Right. So this is really super important if you're dialing landlines and you're getting the receptionist or the switchboard or whatever you call it, because they're there to help you. 
right? If you if you've got a, a, a the name of somebody who you want to speak to, you can pre qualify. Is so and so still the right person to speak to? Yeah, that looks after, and they'll be like, yes, let me put you through because they want to do their job quickly. Secondly, if it's not, they'll go, oh no, they've left or they've been promoted. You, oh, who's in their shoes now? Oh, well, you need so-and-so now. Let me put you through. I think one thing too, Wendy, that you just brought up is like a good thing when you're working with gatekeepers, you don't know who people are. And so I think if you come in and like, even though, yes, you might've wanted to get, you know, I wanted to get Wendy, but I got James. And so if I treat James with that same confidence and that same calm, cool collectedness, he's going to resonate with me. I like we're going to be able to build a really quick sort of connection and he's going to want to help me because to your point, people want to help people. So he'll help me a lot better than if I was like, oh, great, I got James. Like I needed Wendy. Is he getting your compass? Yeah. And it's the conversations that you don't know that are happening behind the scenes because yeah. we have this, we have this preconceived idea that it'll be you know a desk with receptionists and a switchboard but in the modern office now that call could be routed through to anybody and you know even the president or the vp could pick up right you have no idea who it is that you're speaking to um so you know if you're trying to get i'm trying to get hold of molly and i get hold of james and james is actually the vp and james is going to say to molly do you know what i had a, a call from this wendy she sounded really cool what was that conversation all about? What you know? How was she going to be able to to help us? What was she doing? Yeah, and that can spark the influence within the the company that you're looking to yeah do more with. Yeah, I think sorry, James. One last point, and then right. we move in. Um, on that, I know there's a lot of SDRs on the call. There are some AEs, um, and a lot of times we just think about internal champions for just like when the deal is more down the line, but. Even at the very beginning, like SDRs, this is important for you as well. A lot of the deals or a lot of the meetings, actually, the reason people take meetings a lot of times too is behind the scenes. It mm. is the conversations that they're having with their peers. It's the conversations that they're having with their managers or their boss. Like, So knowing that no matter who you talk to, this idea of knowing who you're talking like, why you're calling them, why you want to talk, why you want to pitch something to them is even more important. And just treating them with the same calm, cool collectedness that you would have if I was trying to get Wendy, but I lucked out and got James. Yeah, I always, I always use an analogy, and uh, this is this is new to you, James. So you might like it, you might not. <laughs> a company is a beach, right? You're walking along the beach, and every footstep that you leave on that on that beach. It could be with a person or without, you know, and and of course it'll be washed away the next day. But it, it, I just think that it's really super important that every grain of sand could be that right person yeah. with that right influence for you. A yeah, tropical uh, beach. I love that. <laughs> I just need that in. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's take a look. Some people are saying absolutely they struggle with the openers. Gave you a couple of good openers to use there. Uh, the opener that I always use and that I have used for a very long time now is a downward inflection. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Do you have a moment before your next meeting? I do this all the time. It's very rare that people say no. When they do say no, I just say, thanks so much. I'll try again another time. And I hang up and I move on with my life. 
this is, this has been a best practice for me for a long time. Lots of people say, yes, I have X amount of time. And that just buys me time to talk to them. I did see a comment go through in the chat. What do you think about asking for 20 seconds? And Wendy, you had the best response for this. We're all wise to this. We've, we've all picked up on the fact that you have a pitch. You're going to pitch me on it. You're going to sell me on it. But once we get past the opener, once they've agreed that they're going to keep talking to us, uh, there's some techniques there that we should be using to keep them engaged. And that's kind of where I want to talk about getting them and keeping them engaged uh, at this point. So Molly, let's, let's start with you. If it, you know, I think one of the best things that you said was don't rush it. And we rush through these calls so often. Yeah. Cause we're focused on what we want, which is the meeting. Like we're thinking about the end of the call without actually being present in the call. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times to my team calls CFOs. Um, those are typically like big wig people at companies. Um, we get intimidated by the, the like a title uh, or a position. But what's important is like a lot of times we rush it is because we feel like we we need to get going. We need to get to the end. But take your time, right? Like no, ma- you are an expert at cold calling or you are an expert at selling. They're an expert at numbers. Once you come to the table, like have the conversation, be present in the moment. Don't rush it. Don't go too fast. Like you'll probably miss something um, that they're saying because 90% of, I think, a cold call being successful is just listening. Because then you can weave through um, the rest of the conversation when you listen, you know how to respond. Yeah, that was what Wendy said was we have to learn how to shut up and listen sometimes. <laughs> Wendy. Why do you think this is a problem? What's a good example that you hear all the time people do? Whether it's nerves or enthusiasm, you will ask a question. And if you're if you're um, new to this kind of role, silence can be really awkward feeling. You've got to really learn to 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 allow for that silence because they're thinking and you're giving them room to think, to respond. And if you look to try and answer the the question for them, because we like to help, we will give them the out rather than the in, right? <laughs> only if this is interesting to you. Only if this is interesting. Only, only if this is a priority. Only if. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I just think that, you know, it doesn't matter who these people are. Like Molly said, you know, they could be they they could be the president and they could be the manager. It really doesn't matter. We are all people. Yeah, we are. I, I had a I had a guest on. His name is Bilal Batrawi. His brand is like death to fluff, right? Kill the fluff. Nobody cares about the fluff, right? It's business. Get to it. What's the point, right? And we do this a lot. One of the best. Yes, Bilal is awesome. Uh, one of the best uh, examples of what you're talking about, Wendy, that I can think of is when we deliver the price. I think we have this terrible habit, especially if we can get to that on a cold call, already you've achieved something, right? But once you get there, we deliver the price and then we're like, but let me tell you why, right? <laughs> you sell yourself out, like you shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, the whole point of a cold call, and and this is this is what frustrates me terribly, is the difference between um, you qualifying them in and qualifying them out of your pipeline. So you need to be talking to the right person for the right reason. And 
and know that it might not be this call this day that we end up talking turkey because timing is everything so it's about getting to the to the point and then being invited back when they're going to be looking at what you can offer i liked your point of how we all have to keep in mind that this first call is not the last call and you said that so beautifully quit trying to sell everything at once right it's such a light touch uh, the average cold call length is like less than a minute and a half i think right it's super short uh yes the three rights are right person right time and what was the third one right reason right reason that's right so three rights you need those rights uh if you can't answer all of those rights or if you have one that's missing might not work out right uh i want to pivot because i want to talk about voicemails put a one in the chat if you always leave a voicemail when you get the opportunity Put a two in the chat if you are selective about the voicemails that you leave. I have, see who's oh, going oh what. Oh my God, look at the chat going on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, it's a good mix though. I think a lot of people are a little more selective these days, uh, but I see a lot of twos, very selective people, a lot of twos. Uh, okay, so let's talk about voicemails for a second. Uh, you know, we often talk about this. People say it's a waste of time. I never leave a voicemail. You both have strong feelings about voice messages. So Wendy, I'll start with you. Let's talk about the pet hate of getting a call and then not receiving a voicemail. What's that do for you? It just makes me go, I don't know the number. Who is it? I'm going to Google them. Oh yeah, they're selling me something. And then when they try again and they don't leave a voicemail, they're definitely trying to sell me something. Yeah. <laughs> and what you'll find with the modern, the modern buyer will block the number. So it doesn't matter how many times you try to dial that number now, you're never getting through because they don't even know you're trying to ring them. No. So for me, it's kind of leave a message, show them that you are not scary or aggressive pushy just say i was just hoping to have a quick chat with you i'll try again yeah it's 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 simple the 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 statistics prove the next time you ring you have forewarned and forearmed them enough to go i'll quickly take this call this because this isn't going to be painful i have a tendency to say uh funny things in voice messages so here's <laughs> a funny one that I tend to leave a lot. If I was calling Wendy, I would say, Wendy, I know you're in the UK and I know there's a big difference between us, but I'm gonna keep calling you in the hopes that you and I can have a conversation because I know every conversation counts. Don't worry, when we do connect, I'm not gonna pitch slap you. And then I hang up the phone, right? <laughs> pitch slap gets a good giggle, right? And then when I call again, they might take the call or they might respond to my email, which, you know, to Grayson's point in the in the in the QA here, the voicemail, I just called and I just called and and I sent an email, right? I do the just called email as well. Sometimes I'll even verify the phone number in that follow-up email. They'll be like, Oh, snap, this person has my right number. That was probably him that called, right? And then they they might answer next time I dial the phone. What do you think about that, Wendy? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. Um I would laugh because I know you were lying even, but you were doing it in such a, a, a good humored way. Yeah. Right. But the thing is, this is about building relationships, isn't it? Like we said, it's not the, it's not going to be the last call or first right. call. 
So leaving a voicemail is the start of that relationship. So it's what impression are you leaving on that person? I always, always encourage people to send a follow-up email saying, I've just left you a quick voicemail. Um, if, you, if you're too busy to, to call me back, just drop a quick reply on email. So I'm giving them, I'm giving them the out. But if I don't hear from you, I'll try again. Now it's that if I don't hear from you, means they don't have to do anything. But you are then in control and in charge and quietly being invited to follow it up. Yeah. One thing I think you both hit the nail on the head. Um, also, actually, that hasn't been said, a voicemail does make you stand out. Like, you, most people are not leaving voicemails. Like if I get 25 cold calls a day, I'm not getting, a, I may be getting one voicemail. Um, but it makes you stand out because it makes that person feel personalized. It makes them feel like there is a reason that you called them and that there's intention there and that they are not just another person on your list that you're diving through. Um, and that two seconds, like, actually does make a big difference because it shows that interest of right person like right reason um right person like potentially right time yeah all three of those once again rearing their heads those are three big ones to take away right reason yeah. right person right time make sure that that's happening for you guys i want to move forward because every call counts is something that we hear a lot leaders say it a lot uh every conversation counts right this is something that You've literally built a business around, Wendy. Um, so let's talk about that. Uh, Molly, one of the first things that you said was, we have to be careful where we spend our time. Break yeah. this down under so everybody can understand what you mean by that, because time management is such a huge factor, and it takes time to cold call people. Mm -hmm. I think when we talk about time management, a lot of times, generally, we think of, okay, what are like the main tasks I need to do, and then blocking out those times but then not think about the energy that it takes to do those tasks. So cold calling, I think especially now more than ever, it's even more of a lift because it takes more dials to get more connects. And so you need to understand where you are going to invest your time. Like if every call was worth $100, where are you going to invest that $100? Am I going to invest it in somebody who is maybe really low on my um, prospecting list or somebody who has never opened an email, never answered a call, never engaged with me. I might call them once or twice, but majority of my time is going to be focused on people who are opening my emails, who are engaging with anything I'm doing, who maybe have answered before, or I can see that that $100, I might not get $100 back. That's where your connect um, your connect ratio comes in, or excuse me, your conversion ratios come into play, but I might get 50% on my investment, might get one little sliver of information on that. So like knowing where where and when you need to make those dials and do who those make, make those dials with makes the call a better investment. Good feedback right there. Great answer. Uh, I want to prompt everybody to get your questions into the Q&A for these two experts. We are going to get some questions answered at the end of the show. So if you have a question about your own cold calls, throw it in the Q&A now so that we can load those up and get those answered at the end of the show. Wendy, you said there were two steps. And the first step was realizing that first call wasn't the last. 
But then you said the second stage was to work on time management. How do you teach people to get time management under their belt when it comes to cold calling and being effective? I think you need to realize that if if you're making calls, you've usually got a pipeline on your CRM system that's lined up for you or that you've lined up as you've been working through the data, right? And I always say to people, use a three-strike rule. Phone them. Follow it up with an email. Set a task for a few days later. Another phone call. Did you get my email? Can you come back to me that if I don't hear from you, I will I will try again? Third phone call. If they're not picking up, it's not the right time. Mm. If you've if you're absolutely convinced that it's the right person and your product or service matches what they look after and their responsibility in the company, it's not the right time. So move on because there are more people that you can be calling. Push them on. Use the 90-day constant contact rule because they've now got your details in their inbox. If they need that, there'll be some trigger there that will say, oh, they do that. I could go back to them. you know, Or they could fire back to you to say, not now. To some extent, what I'm hearing you say is that in a lot of ways, the cold call is part of a bigger contact strategy and it's a tool to stay top of mind when that timing aligns, you're the first person they think of. I get a lot of inbound messages that say, James, I think we're ready for you guys. That's a great start to a conversation. Why do you think that is the first question I ask when we get on the call, right? Exactly. I mean, for for me, my experience is that I've worked on high ticket, long term solution products. So the chances are, you know, I I really need to get quickly to the point of how long ago did you look at this project in your business? Because I know that it could be five or seven or 10 years before you do this again. If you've just done it two years ago, you're not going to want to speak to me. But I want you to remember me when I come back to you in another couple of years, just to remind you who I am and what we're doing. And if there's any changes that can be relevant to encourage them sooner. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Molly. Sorry, just another thing on this. It's like, if you're investing that time, this whole idea of time management on that person who's not answering, it's not the right time, that's keeping you from that next call that actually could be the right time for that person. You're investing that energy and investing that time in somebody who right now, they might be the perfect fit, but right now it's not their time. Um, and that's holding you back from prospect B who happens to be you know, looking at your emails or maybe they're on their your website or they've you know they're ready for something that you're you're doing uh, or offering them. Well, equally, you know what we were saying uh, before, Molly is you know you could spend a minute, two minutes on all of those calls that are not really yeah. coming to anything. Equally, you could be building a relationship with somebody and if you're not asking, you could be spending 15, 20 minutes, you know, talking about their holiday and the kids and the this and the that and finding out about, you know, the business model. And if you're not asking for the business and not asking for the in, that's also a waste of your time. 
I think there's a common misconception sometimes with this idea of like building relationships, like with what you're mentioning. That's all well and good, right? Like it's great for someone to understand you and know you, but you're not going to become this person's best friend. Like at the end of the day, it is a, a business relationship. So you need to ask for what you want. You need to know the reason that you're calling. And if eight minutes go by and you haven't asked for the meeting once, there's a bigger problem than if they their kid passed their spelling test or not. So I shouldn't be calling my prospects and asking them to come get beers with me after work? That's not a thing? <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. I think people yeah. do get stuck in that funk of like, yeah. you know, and, and I, I think it was uh, Wendy that said, don't forget the ask. This this comes back to going back and listening to your calls. I'm curious for the folks in the room, who is actually using software to record your calls? Yes or no in the chat. Do you use software to record your calls? Uh, and then even more so, right? Like go back and listen to them. Find how many calls you can see there where you didn't get to the call. You didn't get to the call to action. Uh, this is a huge problem for lots of people. Uh, so yeah. let's talk about what happens when people miss that mark. Wendy, you said they need to go back and look at the data. What should they be looking at? Talk time. So what's a good Seriously. talk time? Yeah, I mean, if if you're going to be leaving a voicemail, your voicemail needs to be no more than 20 seconds tops. Okay. That that's my um that's my experience, that's my opinion. Uh, others may challenge me, but I think if you are looking for a mirror with that prospect, mm. if if you're straight to the point but but clear, hey, it's Wendy, I was hoping to catch you for a quick chat. Um, I'll try you again. Here's my number just in case. Yeah. Right, that's super quick. It's really clear. They can ring me for one, but otherwise they'll know to, you know, then that's what they're going to expect the next call. Mm. It's, it's really even more friendly, though. It's even yeah, more yeah, friendly. But, it's even more friendly. But if they ring back, then they might ring back because they think that they might be able to just deal with that really super quickly. It's true. And you've got them. Yeah. And the whole idea is to connect. We we got to yeah. connect on a real level, right? A real conversation. Um, and talk time is a good thing to look at, I think. Uh, Gong will show you the talk time for every call that you have. Uh, here's my question to you now. We've talked about a lot of things. What is it that you think you need to do? And there should be another option there. If it's something else that you want to focus on, let us know in the chat. But these are four things that I think a lot of people could do more of. So what's your own opinion? What could you do more of? Uh, Molly, when we talked about this, you said preparation in general is something that so many callers struggle with. What do you mean when you say prepare? How do we prepare properly? Yes. So I think it's having a game plan in place and being able to like control what you can't control because there's so many things in cold calling that are completely out of our control or even just in sales in general that is out of our control. So if you can have a strategy and you can have a plan, it makes the call go in the way that you you want it to and you're ready to handle it. Um, and we, like we were talking about this right before where it's like, it allows it be, to become a muscle where no matter like what else is going on, you know exactly what you need to say and like when you need to say it and how you're going to say it. Mm. Um, so then you don't end up with one minute calls or my my pet peeve is 15 to 20 minute calls because no call should be that long 
um, unless they're giving you a hundred million dollar contract right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that no call should be that long. I think yeah. is something that we should all focus on. And you both had great examples of wasted time. I said, one minute calls that don't land meetings. I don't care how many you have. If you're not landing the meetings, then it's not, it's not going to matter to your leadership. Right. And then Wendy said, yeah, but you can have 15 minute calls also that are a waste of time. Right. So yeah. I love that point between the two of you. Well, I think like a good rule of thumb, um, an old manager I had, it's a great piece of advice. I'm an over talker. Like I could talk for hours. Um, give me, that's why I, misquote a, a lot of times that I was just starting out as I talked to everybody for 15, 20 minutes. Um, but like if you keep a quality conversation should be anywhere between like like three and, and seven minutes long, depending upon like who you're talking to, what your qualification standpoints are in your org. And if you can keep your calls within that range, like that's a, you can get a lot of stuff in that time. Sure. Um, and then you, this back back to the point of like, where we're investing our our time and our hundred dollars, you're gonna get a much better return on that hundred dollars than you're getting on that one minute call. And your time is valuable too. That's true. Uh, Wendy, thoughts on your time being valuable, and then we got to get to some questions. Oh gosh, you know, um, <laughs> it's quality over quantity. I would always say. Um, so when you're looking at your calls. Just make sure that you, like Molly said earlier, that you're you're focusing on the ones that are worth the time. Yeah. I would also caveat that though to say that there are, in some instances, I'm not going to name any names. There could be some SDRs that have really done a bad job of the cold calls. They've maybe not got the right support or mm. training in place. Uh, they don't know how to approach those those prospects, if you inherit those prospects, don't assume that there is going to be no business in there because the person before has damaged that data. Yeah. Yes. Wendy, that's such a great point. I mean, honestly, the fact that you know what you're doing and you can approach that in the right way, in the right fashion, you know, with the right tone of voice and getting yeah. to the point and all of those other things that we've talked about today means that there will be business there. Yeah, I think, so, we, I think we we see that so often, these books of businesses that get handed to the next rep that comes in and leaders don't do a good job often of prepping that seller for that. They don't say, well, this came from another person, make sure you look at the history. So they go in cold and it's not cold. It's actually very warm and sometimes yeah. in a bad way, not in a good way. That is a great point. I love that point. Let's look at these results. It looks like most people agree that they could listen back to their calls more often. Wendy, Molly, both of you made the point. Many people will record their calls. Very few people go back and listen. And then 41% of our voters say that they need to practice more. Uh, I will tell you that something that made me good at cold calling was that I did it in the mirror and my body language matched my tones and it felt very natural for me. And if it didn't, I said it again differently. And I tried to find my tones and my, my motions that made the repetition of it much better. That helped me a lot. Also, I used my commute time to the office. It was like yeah. a 30-minute drive. I had a lot of commute time to practice my opener for the day, and I would switch it up once in a while, and it was a good practice. All right, let's answer some questions. we got some great questions in the Q&A. Uh, okay, so Stephen wants to know, do you have a go-to talk track for voicemails? I gave mine. Uh, Wendy, do you have a voicemail that you leave often that works for you? 
it's, yeah, I think I gave it earlier. It's just quick. It's Wendy. I was hoping to catch you for a quick chat. I'll try you again. Here's my number. That's Love it. that one. Molly, what's your voicemail? Hey, James. Uh, Molly over at Tropic. Uh, just tried you. Know that you're really busy. I'll give you a call back a little bit later today. If not, I shot you over an email. Feel free to message me back. Um, if you can give me a call, my number is one two three four five six. Love it. Hey, that's great. You're not going to give your real number? You don't want everybody cold calling you on the show? All it's right. So- <laughs> <laughs> I give my real number out everywhere I go. Uh, okay. So curious on your thoughts on whether having an intentional filler word built into your talk track to make the call sound more natural and less scripted. I, Molly, I'll start with you. What do you think about a built-in filler word? Um, there's mine. Um, I think a filler word, I don't think it's a filler word. It might be a filler phrase, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. it's, and that idea is more of, it's a bridge for you or what we call on, like when we handle objections on my team, like a ledge. So it allows you to go from one place to the, another and you don't have to think about it. So it sounds more natural because it is natural because it's not a word, it's a phrase. Um, nice. Uh, Luis wants to know, Wendy, do you leave a voicemail referring to the email and asking them to take a look at it? I've heard that tip before. Is that something that you do? You you can. Um, I think it's personal choice. Yeah. It's personal choice because at the end of the day, the more natural you sound and less scripted, the, the better that connection will be. Yeah. Ask uh, on that too, really quick. If you say you're going to send a voice, uh, an email, send the email. I've gotten so many voicemails at times where it's like, I'm going to send you an email. There was no email inside. Uh, so yeah, probably got the yeah, wrong email. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Shout out Zoom Info. Get Zoom Info. You'll get the right email. Uh, okay, Lewis, I will also say you can tell them what the subject line is of that email and that will help them to search through their email. Ah, no, good subject line for an email good is, sorry, I missed you. Oh, yeah, that's true. Especially if you just left that voicemail. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Carrie wants to know how many calls are you typically doing? What is the good number? And then we're going to we're going to wrap up here. What's a good number of calls per day, guys? Gosh, gone are the days where I used to dial, and there's a difference between dials and calls. Ah. There's a differential. So some companies will, you know, KPI you for 150 dials. I wonder at the quality of that. Yeah, 150 dials, come on. Right. If you're having a decent conversation, like Molly said earlier, that's between three and seven minutes, how many of those in an hour should you do Plus the pre-research, yeah. plus the updating your CRM. Yeah, mm, I would say fifty to sixty a day yeah. of good quality calls. Fifty or sixty is a good number. What about you, Molly? I think it like you have to reverse engineer it to what your point, Wendy. Like, I think really like gone are the days of like other sales leaders actually might like come for me when I say this, but gone are the days of like true like dial KPIs because. Every it's just a different selling world right now. So yeah. each individual rep should know their own sales math. Like for you, how many connects do you need to get in a day to book a meeting? If it's five connects and you know that your dial to connect is ten to one, great. There's your number. You're making fifty to fifty fifty to sixty dials because you want to be a little like funky. But yeah. if you don't know that, it doesn't matter how many dials you make because dials can just go unanswered. Yep. 
Yep. No. Dials without meetings are meaningless in the in the grand yeah. scheme of your one-on-ones. I want to thank everybody for coming out. Thank both of you. We're going to drop Molly and Wendy's LinkedIn's in the chat right now. Go follow these two ladies. They are experts at what they do. They train people to do it. They are fantastic resources. They will give you their time as long as what you are saying to them is relevant and meaningful. That is the key and the name of the game. So go follow these two excellent women right now. Shout out to everybody that came and give us their time today and our experts for coming in and sharing their wisdom. You can follow us on social. You're all going to get a survey right after you leave the room here. Let us know. How'd we do? Do you want to see more stuff like this? What do you want to see? Tell us when you do the survey. We want to see it. I want to thank everybody for giving us all of their attention. We know that that is a challenge for you. And we will see you next time tomorrow with another stellar guest to help you sell better. Talk to you soon, everybody. Go get them.